Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting, trading, scouting, and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. On episode number 130, we are going to talk about free agency. If we do love drafting and trading and scouting and managing our team 365 days a year as Dynasty Freaks, then this last week and the week ahead is some of the most fun weeks in Dynasty. It is a fun week if you're a Dynasty Freak because you're watching players sign with new teams in the first week of the NFL calendar. It's free agency season, and it's the first part of the offseason that creates a lot of change in Dynasty value of different players. There are winners and losers uh, based on the moves that were made this last week and in the weeks to come. And so what I want to do on the podcast this week is talk about what I would call the winners, teams whose Dynasty players' value increased due to free agency. And then next week, we'll talk about the dynasty losers. Not necessarily that the teams are losers, but that the the moves that were made may have helped the NFL teams, but did not help our dynasty teams. So today, I think I have seven teams that I thought made some great moves that will help the dynasty value of the players on their teams. And so we'll start with team number one, which would be the football team. Still hate calling them that, but the Washington football team. It feels like everything changed for Washington's weapons when they signed uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick to be their quarterback. While Fitzpatrick has definitely had ups and downs as an NFL quarterback, he's always increased the pass catcher's productions of his teams. And Fitzpatrick himself now becomes an actual streamable quarterback in one-quarterback leagues and a very viable uh, QB2 in Superflex leagues. Dynasty managers who have uh, Fitzpatrick on their roster now have a very viable starter, which is exciting, uh, even if it's just for a year since they only signed him to a one-year contract. But really what this move did most is excites Dynasty managers uh, when they think about the weapons on their team, particularly Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, and then their new free agent signing, Curtis Samuel. McLaurin has been like an every-week Dynasty starter for the last two seasons with inexperienced quarterbacks, and now he has one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the league and a long history of peppering his top wide receiver with targets. And so McLaurin's, McLaurin's dynasty talk was already really high. He among the top 15 wide receivers in most dynasty analysts' uh, rankings. But Fitzpatrick bumps his value up even more, at least in the short term. Then there's Curtis Samuel, who they just added. His value increases a bit too, because he signed with a team whose coaching staff drafted him in Carolina and knows how to use his diverse skills. I don't think he's going to be targeted near as much as McLaurin, but I think he's going to get plenty of work with the offense, particularly underneath. Logan Thomas is the only player who could suffer um, a little bit because of the addition of Fitzpatrick, because Thomas benefited greatly from his quarterbacks last year who could not throw the ball downfield effectively and preferred to check down to their tight end a ton and to their running backs a ton. That's why Thomas and McKissick had such great seasons last year in fantasy. Well, Fitzpatrick is absolutely not a check down quarterback. Uh, That said, he should also increase the offensive efficiency and help Washington score uh, more touchdowns. And so from that perspective, Thomas could benefit from more red zone opportunities. Um, I think Washington is is likely unable, given their draft position, to trade up to draft a quarterback in the first round. But they could add a quarterback later in the draft to try to develop under Fitzpatrick. So this could just be a one-year experiment with Fitzpatrick. 
in which case it has less dynasty impact. But if the experiment works, they could keep Fitzpatrick for another year, and it would be uh, very significant from a dynasty perspective. Next team that I would call a winner in the uh, free agency this last week would be the Saints. So Drew Brees finally announces his retirement, and then the Saints promptly signed Jameis Winston and restructured Taysom Hill's contract. Uh, they've indicated that they will, the two of them will compete for the starting job, but I believe that they already know that Winston is their starter, while Hill continues to keep his role as kind of in these specific packages like he's done during the last few years of Brees' career. It's true that Hill did start ahead of Winston last season while Brees was injured, but I'm convinced that the Saints did that really to hide Winston on their bench so that, he would, that no one would have film on him that would thus increase his value in free agency this year. And I think it worked. Uh, they got him to sign with a new contract on a gamble, kind of to gamble on himself next year again. I do think Hill's going to continue to eat into Winston's stats from week to week with red zone touchdowns of his own. Uh, but Winston will keep the dynasty value of Alvin Kamara and uh, Michael Thomas far more stable than if Hill was the starting quarterback since he runs so much and he's far less accurate as a passer. If Winston can improve um, and move this offense and not commit turnovers as he's done throughout his career, uh, he really could sign a long-term contract with the Saints this time next year, and I think he's going to do just that. Uh, add to that that Jared Cook, Josh Hill, and Emmanuel Sanders departed in free agency. That's really going to open up targets for Adam Troutman. Um, he should benefit a lot as the new starting tight end in this offense. And then the dynasty stock was already on the rise. His stock was already on the rise after Cook and Hill were released. But when Winston signed as a backup, his stock even went up just a little bit more because Winston has targeted tight ends a lot throughout his young career. Then you've got Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris, Marquez uh, Callaway. They've all now become rosterable dynasty wide receivers too because of the absence of these tight end targets and Emmanuel Sanders being gone as well. Uh, Saints were winners for our, uh, the players on their team, uh, winners in the dynasty market in free agency. Next is a, a little bit of a different one, but I will say the Chargers uh, were winners for our dynasty assets on the Chargers. The Chargers addressed their primary weakness in free agency. That's the offensive line. They signed Corey Lindsley, uh, one of the best centers in the NFL, and Matt Filler, uh, who's started at guard and tackle, and tackle for Pittsburgh the last two season, uh, few seasons. The Chargers know that they need to protect their second-year quarterback, Justin Herbert, who's already moved ahead of fellow second-year quarterbacks, Joe Burrow and Tua Tungvalola, in my dynasty rankings. Uh, strengthening their offensive lines is also helpful for the running game, giving Austin Eckler a chance to return to his dominance after his injury-filled season last year. And then the Chargers also signed Jared Cook, speaking of him coming from the Saints, just to a one-year contract to fill the hole that was left behind when Hunter Henry signed with New England. Uh, I was excited to see Donald Parham. You've heard me talk about him the last few podcasts. Um, I wanted to see what he could do as a starter, but I did figure that they would bring in a veteran to compete with Parham since he's such a raw prospect. Uh, Cook does, I believe, have enough in his tank to help the Chargers this year, and I can't think of a better team for him to have signed with for a one-year contract. He's got a fantastic new quarterback, and they're missing 93 missing targets after Henry left in free agency. I think Cook will get the bulk of them while they develop Parham. Uh, good that they built their offensive line, um, something very much needed to help the whole offense. Then I've got the uh, next team is the Packers. I think that they were winners in free agency for our dynasty players on their team. Green Bay actually didn't sign a single free agent from another team, 
but they did sign the most prized free agent in the class, who was one of their own, of course, Aaron Jones. Uh, they let Jamal Williams sign with Detroit in free agency, really leaving the backfield just to Jones and to A.J. Dillon. Uh, the Jones signing at first, to me, seemed like a major downturn to A.J. Dillon's dynasty value. But as the contract details were released last week, it appears that Jones can get released next year with very little impact on the salary cap. A really strange contract. And so I believe that Jones and Dillon are going to split time nearly evenly this next year. And both provide fantasy value, but in different ways. Jones, through the passing game and with long hit touchdowns, explosive touchdowns, Dillon would provide mostly in the running game and maybe with red zone touchdowns. Although I do have a little concern about that because Aaron Rodgers, you know, he loves to throw touchdown passes in the red zone and kind of hog the, the, uh, hog the, the glory there in the red zone. The Packers were the highest scoring team in the league last year. And for the most part, they've kept the band together, so to speak, for another season. They did let Jamal Williams go in free agency. I don't think that's going to affect them too much. Uh, They did uh, lose the aforementioned Corey Lindsley at center, however, and this could significantly hurt the Packers' offensive line play. And so the Packers obviously chose Jones over Lindsley in their their contracts, and so they must have a plan uh, to replace him. I think the Packers won just by signing their own and keeping the band together, so to speak, uh, with a very high-scoring offense that's going to do much of the same this next year. Then we go to the Chiefs. The Chiefs, like the Chargers, the Chiefs were addressed their glaring weakness, which the Buccaneers exposed in the Super Bowl loss. Uh, they released two other offensive linemen and uh, two more that will st- and, and gained two more, signed two more that were going to start right away in Kansas City. They signed Joe Thune away from New England, and then they re-signed Mike Rimmers, who was one of their own. I think that next year, uh, one of their own linemen, too, will be coming back. If you remember from the COVID exemplift, uh, uh, Duvernay Tardif was uh, actually working as a doctor during the COVID exempt period. I think when he comes back, too, you could look at this more like an addition of, of three linemen that are coming back. I think rebuilding their offensive uh, line will lead to increased fantasy production for every player on the team. And then add to that the fact that they actually released Damian Williams, who was also on the COVID-exempt list. He took the season off last year after his MVP-level performance in the Super Bowl two seasons ago. They released him. And so that means that Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who had an up-and-down season last year, even while Williams was out, his dynasty value dipped a little bit after the season ended, uh, knowing that Williams, who in 2019 was better than Edwards-Alaire in 2020, uh, was coming back to compete for touches. But now that Williams is not coming back and the offensive line has improved, I think Edwards Alaire's dynasty value is rising a little bit right now. I think that uh, Daryl Williams uh, will get his fair share of touches every week because he's very reliable and gets the yards that are given to him. But Edwards Alaire is a much better back, and I think he's going to get the bulk of the work in his sophomore season and prove uh, dynasty value as he was drafted in the first round of rookie drafts last year. Two more teams that I would call in the winner's category. Uh, one would be the Giants. <clears throat> the Giants added several weapons to their passing game, including the most prized wide receiver in free agency, Kenny Galladay. Uh, Galladay gives Daniel Jones and the Giants the big-bodied wide receiver to pair with their speedster, Darius Slayton, and the smaller slot receiver, and Sterling Shepard. Um, I really like the addition of Galladay and what it means for Shepard, who can move now exclusively to the slot position, which best suits his talents. Uh, Galladay's uh, dynasty value fell quite a bit over the last year um, as he was injury plagued for him, the season for him, and then a lot of younger wide receivers passed him by. Uh, but this new contract, four years, I think it was $72 million, 
uh, brings his dynasty value up quite a bit. Uh, the other teams that were bidding for Galladay, the Bengals and the Bears, um, they already have alpha wide receivers. And so I was really concerned that he was going to sign there. But whereas when he signs with New York, Galladay is going to be the leading target on the team. I really believe that. Daniel Jones uh, didn't show the improvement that I hoped for in his second season. Uh, I picked him to really break out in his second season, but Galladay could be just the weapon that he needs uh, to see his dynasty stock rise again, too, as a quarterback. Uh, Galladay will be f- uh, really free up running lanes for Saquon Barkley, so I like that, too, because defenses are going to have to respect the passing game more now that he's in the, on the team. Then the Giants also added John Ross, uh, signing him to a one-year deal. And when healthy, uh, Ross can really be better than Darius Slayton. His elite speed keeps defenses honest. Uh, problem is that he just gets hurt too often. The Giants continue to add depth by adding uh, Kyle Rudolph, which I think is interesting because Evan Ingram is a clear starter at the tight end position. But Rudolph's addition, I think, means that the Giants can play both tight ends at once, keeping Rudolph in line and allowing Ingram to line up all over the formation, which I think could really unlock his incredible upside. All in all, I think the Giants just did a variety of things on the offense, adding talent that I think is going to give their team many different ways to attack the opposing defenses. And this is a really good stock up for all the players, even even Sterling Shepard, even though you think he might you know not be the number one targeted guy anymore, he's actually going to get to move into the slot, which I think is going to make his value even stronger. I like what happened for all the Giants players as a result of the Galladay signing. Next and last would be the the Jets. Now they're I considered not calling them a winner or not knowing exactly how I would say about them. But they did a couple things that, that I think added to their team and made it at least a little more interesting, but it's going to take a year uh, to figure out. The Jets' free agency moves, like I said, weren't spectacular, but the moves shook up the wide receiver position, uh, giving whichever quarterback they draft in the number two spot of the draft, or if they trade for Deshaun Watson rumors, if those rumors are true, they've, they've given them now some, uh, whoever the quarterback is, some quality targets. Uh, they let Brashad Perriman go in free agency, but held on to Jamison Crowder, who many experts thought that they would cut for salary cap relief, which I suppose could still happen, but it looks like it's not going to happen. And then they added Corey Davis, who was the second highest paid wide receiver in free agency after Kenny Galladay. Uh, he presumed the starting, the, presuming starting wide receivers would be Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, and uh, Jamison Crowder, which really is a solid group of receivers for whoever the new quarterback is. They also added Keelan Cole, and Tyler Croft on one-year contracts to add depth at wide receiver and tight end. And whether they're stacking the deck for a rookie quarterback or trying to make it look a little bit more appealing to Deshaun Watson, if they were to try to pursue him in a trade, they have improved uh, their receivers by adding Davis and by retaining uh, retaining Crowder. However, uh, the dynasty value of these receivers stays about the same until it's clear uh, which of them becomes the leading target in New York. I think any of them is capable of becoming the leading target, Mims, Crowder, uh, or Davis. So this group of wide receivers helps the Jets and whatever quarterback they get, but it doesn't necessarily move their dynasty stock too much uh, until we figure out what their connection is with whoever the new quarterback is. Then it will become a little bit more clear for us. Those are a couple of the dynasty winners. Next week, we'll talk about some of the uh, dynasty losers in free agency. That's going to be a wrap uh, for this week. Short podcast for you. Thanks for listening, my freaky friends. Uh, make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. I'm much better on email than I am on Twitter. So contact me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. 
I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot. Thanks so much for listening today. Have a great week. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there. Get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.